time. <laughs> Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, we're going to read uh, verses 3 through 7 this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity. Father, we thank you as Kaylee just saying that you are the king of the world. And Father, you're sovereign and nobody else is. And Father, we need that because that is stability in an unstable world. Father, that is a firm foundation. And Father, on that foundation, our foot will not slip. And we thank you for that. Help us this morning. We know we may be few in numbers, and that's okay, because, uh, Father, you told Jeremiah just to preach to the walls. And, Father, uh, we're here for you. We're not here for anyone else. We're here for you. Uh, Father, and I believe when two or more are gathered, your word says that you're in the midst. And I believe the atmosphere changes when that happens. But you know the need of the hour. You know every heart and every condition of every soul. Father, uh, we need you to do what only you can do. Save that which is closest to hell. The Father, to encourage the one who's discouraged. The Father, to reclaim the backslidden. Father, meet that need and that life that they may give you glory. But help us today to preach with an unction of the Holy Spirit only the way you can. And we'll give you glory for it all. In your son's name we pray. And amen. Titus chapter 3, verse 3, we're starting. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Underline that, highlight that, make sure you read that aloud every single day. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to title this morning's message, if you are taking notes, Our Hands Are Tied. Our Hands Are Tied. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook, but it's the New Year. Sure enough, we talked about it uh, last Sunday night, about uh, New Year's resolutions and how that always happens. But my Facebook feed is already blown up with uh, hard work and motivational quotes. And uh, I, saw, I, I read a couple this morning... Hard work pays off and uh, work harder today than you thought you worked yesterday. And, and uh, you get what you work for. You don't get what you ask for. And hard work uh, beats talent when talent doesn't work hard over and over. That talks about, uh, listen, it's about perseverance. It's about hard work. It's about doing that. Look, don't get me wrong. Hard work is important. I'm thankful that I was raised with a decent amount of work ethic because I believe in the day and age we're living in. Work ethic and hard work separate you out of the path. Uh, if you're a hard worker, I don't care if you've got a college education or, or nothing. Uh, you'll find a job somewhere because people just don't want to work anymore. But hard work, I'm telling you, it's something to be talked about. It's something to be applauded. But folks, I say all that to say this. When it comes to salvation, hard work doesn't enter into the equation. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And I'm thankful it doesn't. But it doesn't. And I'm just feeling that this morning. I know we've been preaching things and I'm not... And shame on me for not preaching salvation messages, but our numbers have been few. And, and most likely I can forecast the crowd, but I don't know the hearts and I don't know the condition of the soul. And I sure don't know who's tuning in on Facebook. But the Holy Spirit just told me this morning that maybe someone's here this morning or, or maybe someone's listening through, uh, through Facebook Live and they're trying to work their way to heaven. It will not happen. Hard work matters in everything else, but when it comes to salvation... 
It is only because of his mercy. It is only because of his mercy. If we could work ourselves to heaven, then Christ would have died in vain. Because he died for us. Romans 8 and 3 says this, For what the law could not do, why? In that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you're depending on your flesh in any capacity, when it comes to salvation, you're going to fall short. The law was perfect, and the only reason it could not do what it needed to do, because of the flesh, because I got in the way, because of my sinful condition. I want to turn to Luke chapter 23, and as you're turning there, when I was a kid, my older sister, she's four years older than me, she used to play a game called Burrito. And if you had an older sibling, maybe you played this game before. And I was a sucker for my older sister. She was cool. She hung out with the cool kids. She was just enough older than me. But I was always the butt end of the joke. She always said, no, no, no. We're, you're going to be the ramp. The funnest part of the, of the bicycle ride is to be the ramp. <laughs> and I'd have to lay there as they jump over me. And it's just the butt end of a joke. But anyways, this game called Burrito, she said, listen, here's what you do. You lay on one end of a blanket or a quilt or a rug. And the point is, she said, you have to put your hands close to your side. And she would roll me up as tight as she could in that rug. And I couldn't get out. I was helpless. My hands were, my hands were by my side. And sure enough, she said, are you having fun yet? And for a few seconds, I said, yeah, I'm having a blast. And the next thing I know, I realized, once again, this wasn't a, a game at all. And she'd start to poke me and start to razz me and start to just be on. And then she'd just walk away. And all I could do was scream and hope someone was within the voice of, within hearing my voice could come and save me. But I want to talk about that this morning in Luke chapter 23. Because even though it's a physical account that actually happened, it's a beautiful illustration of what salvation actually looks like. It's a beautiful illustration that works don't enter into it. Now we can talk a whole other sermon, and I'll be honest, it's hard for a preacher to ride the line to say that works does not mean salvation, but works are important when it comes to faith. We're not going to get there today. But when it comes to salvation, your works do not matter. It can't. Because they are. They, it has to be something that, uh, that pleases God. It has to be something that can atone for your sins. But Luke chapter 23, starting at the 39th verse. This is at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ on Calvary. And one of the malefactors which was hanged, were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering him, rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Remember, verily is of, to take listen to be of importance. Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Nothing. His hands were tied. His feet were tied. He was absolutely helpless. No way to get down. No way to fight back. On the physical sense. To say, that's it, I'm getting myself off this cross. I don't want to be here anymore. And the same thing comes spiritually. 
When it guards the salvation, our hands are tied. No hard work, no self-righteousness, nothing we can do except for what I did in that little burrito. Scream. <laughs> Just yell out. Hopefully someone will hear me. I'm bound. I'm helpless. I cannot do this. But you know what? Here's the beautiful thing. He made it, right? He made it. How do you know that? Because I, I live according to the scripture, according to the words of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. No works, no ordination, no years of faithful service, no youth ministry, no Sunday school teaching, no church planning, no track ministry, nothing. And yet he got in. Why? Why? Because it's about mercy. It's about grace. Romans chapter 9, 14 and 16 says this. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So that it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that sheweth mercy. I can't understand it. I cannot. But for whatever reason, that he would see fit out of sheer desire to see me saved. Because there is not one good thing in my life that I can take credit for. All the bad I can take plenty of credit for. But when it comes to the good in my life, it's the only thing I have is Jesus Christ. And after Jesus Christ, he gave me things to be thankful for. He gave me good things, a good family, a good wife. There's an account once of a mother who approached Napoleon, Napoleon seeking a pardon for his son. The emperor then said to the young man that had committed a certain offense twice that justice demanded death. His mother stepped forward on his behalf and said, but I, I'm not asking for justice. I'm pleading for mercy. Napoleon said this, but your son does not deserve mercy. Your son does not deserve mercy. She said, sir, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. <laughs> and mercy is all I ask for. See, that'd be the thing. It's not mercy. It's not grace. If we merit it, if, if it's of ourselves, if it's something we can work for and pay for and earn, it's only because of mercy and grace that we didn't merit. That gentleman, that malefactor on the right-hand side, nothing, hands were tied, dying the death that he deserved, and yet helpless, could not save himself. Remember, the other one said that if you are who you are, save yourself and save us also. Because we're helpless. So what did he do? How did he earn salvation? How did he merit salvation if it wasn't because of works? If it was mercy, then what is our role? If it's all about him, that's why I don't believe in Calvinism. Because even though it is free to everyone and God is sovereign, but we have to choose it. We have to choose it. That malefactor had to ask for it, had to request Nothing he could do to earn it. Nothing he could do to deserve it. But number one, he cried out. He called out. That's all he had. His hands were tied. His feet were tied. I love watching those videos. Typically in Gatlinburg and other... Uh, you ever been on that ride where you're at the bottom and it's pretty much just a, a big slingshot? And they, you don't know when they're going to eject you. I've done it before. You sit there with one other person and they just... You don't know when and they just shoot you up. And you just bounce and flip back and forth. Someone's done it probably before. Some people are smiling. But I love the ones on YouTube because they'll do the hidden cameras and they're just sitting there talking and all of a sudden that thing will shoot up and half of them pass out and wigs are falling off and hats are falling. They're screaming. They're screaming. Why? They're screaming because they're afraid. 
They're screaming. I, and, I, and I read this research the other day. It said, according to research, that actually screaming in the midst of fear is not voluntary action. It's actually involuntary. People, you know, when people get startled, they scream because they say, actually, and I don't even know the word to say it. But screams are sent from the ear to the amygdala, the brain's fear processing warehouse. And this is what one scientist said. He said, in brain imaging parts of the experiment, screams activate the fear circuitry of the brain. And the nucleus in the brain is especially sensitive to information about fear. That means screams are inherently considered not just sound, but a trigger for heightened awareness. That's what screaming does. It's your body reacting. And that, that malefactor, I mean, death was at the door. I mean, every moment he was getting one breath closer to his last breath. And he called out because it's all he could do. I believe he probably screamed. I don't know how far uh, the three crosses were set apart from one another, but he made sure Jesus heard him. The problem is, I don't think people are afraid of the Lord anymore. And what it says in Hebrews 10 and 21, it's 10 and 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We are helpless. And we are heading straight to hell outside of Jesus Christ. But hey, we're going to cry out to him. We're going to scream out to him. That's what he did. And if you're not saved this morning, you're here this morning, you're, you're tuning in through Facebook, uh, just call out to him. That's your only regard is just to call out to him. It says in Romans 10 and 13, we know it by like the back of our hand. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But he called out. And I love this. What else did he do? He acknowledged his sinful state and Christ's sinless state. He didn't text, learn more about the Bible to it. You know, he didn't sit through a beginner's class. Uh, you know, he didn't fill out a visitor card, but learn about Jesus. But yet he had all of it right. He called out to Jesus. He acknowledged, we see right here, he said this to the other guy. He said, we indeed justly, we, we're getting what we deserve. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He said it right there. He said, we, we, we deserve this. He doesn't, and yet it's backwards. That's what salvation, we call out to him. We say, God, hey, listen, it's simple. Jay Bean, old buddy of mine, Jay Bean, he said this. I'm right. I mean, I'm wrong. He's right. <laughs> simple as that. I'm wrong. He's right. I'm a sinner. He's not. I deserve to go to hell. He allowed me, by His grace and mercy, to go to heaven. Nothing else. It's as simple as that. And lastly, lastly, He came by faith. He came by faith. An old preacher once said, if you don't come by faith, don't come at all. I could drag you to the altar right here this morning. You could come because you know your mother or father or grandparents know it's what you need to do. You could do that. You could come up here and recite some words that we would write down for you. Or I could even recite a prayer for you and at the end of it say, if you agree, would you just say, I agree. But if you're not coming by faith, it will not work. It won't work. It's got to be faith. But if you come by faith that Jesus is indeed your Savior, your only way to heaven, the only one that can cleanse each sinful spot, the, just to come by faith to say, hey, I, my hands are tied. I, there's nothing I can do. I love that. That he's right there in the midst of Jesus. His hands are tied. Can't work for it. Can't get down. Can't save himself. And yet Jesus was enough. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, but without faith it is impossible to please God. 
For he that cometh to God, look at this, must believe that he is. Ah, didn't he say that? Didn't he say that? So the thief actually, once again, he didn't have all of this. And yet the Holy Spirit was uttered because of Christ. He knew, he said, uh, Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into what? Into thy kingdom. He knew the sovereignty of God through Jesus Christ. But without faith, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently, that sounds like a work to me. No, that's just by faith. Just to say, I know he is and I know he'll do what he says he'll do. He said that, will you remember me when you come into thy kingdom? He said, I can't do it, my hands are tied, but if you can, I know you can. And he said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Imagine an onlooker looking on and saying, that guy, that guy, it had to be faith. It couldn't be by sight. Jesus had been stripped of all clothes. He had been mocked and rejected, bleeding and disfigured like no man ever before. And yet this thief is saying, when you enter into the, your kingdom. I imagine an onlooker going, that, if that guy's got a kingdom, then I got a mansion. I got an empire waiting for me. But by faith, he knew that, hey, that cross was not holding him there. Not one bit, simply out of his love for us. But that's why, by faith, he believed. Grace and mercy is not our own, but it cannot be truly accepted except being trusted by faith. That's why Ephesians 2 and 8 says this, For by grace you are saved, what? Through faith. Grace we can't work for, we can't merit, we can't earn it. Salvation is cut off. But if we put our faith in that grace, then we have it. We have it. Let me just say this, and I'll get Kayla to sing another song. This year, <laughs> uh, work hard. Seriously. Work hard at your work. Work hard, work hard at your career. Work hard with your family. Get everything you want done in the house, in the yard. Work till you can't work anymore. But when it comes to salvation, this year is going to be a year where I'm going to stop working. And I'm just going to start trusting. I'm going to start being obedient. It's not about sacrifice, remember? It's about being obedient. You can do everything, but if it's all just being led by yourself, it's not going to matter one bit. But if just by His grace and His mercy, man, I'm telling you, it can empower me. I'm a worker. I like to work, but this year I'm going to say, God, I'm just going to let you lead and I'll follow. So often I say, well, I imagine He'll follow me. It seems to be something of the Lord. I'm going to stop and say, God, I'm just trusting now. I'm just coming by faith by now. Because when it comes to salvation, and when it comes to anything in Christ, it's not of the flesh. It's not our hands are tied. There is no working. There's just trusting. And then it mobilizes us. And it goes on. Let me finish by saying this. New Year's Eve, we're flipping through channels. There's nothing on. It's horrible. But on one of the New Year's Eve shows, they're doing the, uh, we're going to announce the first millionaire of 2021. Well, Sophie was hooked on that. She said, oh, I've got to see it. So they... They're going via satellite to these different families, randomly selected, and the people are talking about uh, how, what bills they pay off or what they do with the money, and then at the end of it, they're going to announce it. But uh, And sure enough, we didn't stay up. Sophie was hot because we told her to go to bed. We said, doesn't matter. We'll figure it out in the morning. You don't have to stay up to see who actually won it. But I imagine for a second that like, if I was one of the ones that was granted the opportunity, and let's say I received that $1 million check, and let's say my debt was 300000 So not only I've paid off my debt, but now I have $700,000 in excess, in abundance. <laughs> Imagine the next day. People have seen me on worldwide television, and they know that I won the check. And imagine me going up to people and saying, 
And they're going, wow, congratulations. Yeah, I earned it. I worked for that money. And they're going, wait a minute. I thought they just randomly picked you. I thought you just were chosen. I thought just you just wanted You didn't earn it one bit. Imagine going through it, and I wrote this in my thing. Imagine boasting about it. Imagine going around bragging that you had the power, you had the skill, you had the brains to what? To reach out and grab that check. That's all, it, that's all the work that it took was to grab the check and accept it. Other than that, it had nothing to do with that gentleman that was selected. It had nothing to do with me. And that's the same thing with us. When I received grace, nothing more, nothing less, it was only because of Jesus Christ. I was impoverished. I received riches from another person. Let me finish by reading this verse. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but listen. You're trying to earn this thing. <laughs> you will work yourself to the bone and still miss out on heaven. But if you will simply do as that malefactor did, just call out to him, just acknowledge your sinful state, his sinless state, and simply have faith that he is indeed who he said he is. I promise you, he will save you more than you can ever imagine. But Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, But God forbid, but God forbid that I should glory, Save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Folks, I stand up here simply as a product of grace. <laughs> not by works, not by merits. Folks, if it was about my works, I'd be in the gutter somewhere. I'd be on the gutter somewhere. But he has put me where he's put me simply because he is a good, good God. And trust me, if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for anybody. 